Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Ordinary Guys, Extraordinary Wealth. My name is Sam. And this is Lucas. Before we get rolling, I have to do this really quickly. I have to give my mom a shout out. So this is, uh, you know, we've been doing several episodes now. I've talked about my dad a little bit. You talked about your parents, talked about friends. I haven't talked about my mom yet. And she gave me crap the other day saying I haven't given her a shout out. So shout out to you, Jill. Well, I, I had it on here to remind you, so I'll just uh, I'll take that off. You got it out of the way. Right, you can give right, her a shout out too. Didn't she make you banana banana split cake? The best banana split cake a man could ever have. Every birthday, every since birthday for the past ten years, still probably. does, still does. All right, awesome. Now that that's out of the way, that's a relationship that everybody has with their mother. We're going to talk about relationships today, and probably the most important, if not one of the most important relationships that Lucas and I have ever developed was our first relationship we developed in the real estate investing space. Um, it set us up in a trajectory and it helped us get to places that we could not have gotten as quickly as we did with one single relationship. And that dude's name is Steve. Who's Steve? Shout out to Steve. So Steve is our very first private lender. Not only our first private lender, he was involved in the very first real estate investment deal that Sam and I never ever made. And he was involved in the most recent deal that Sam and I ever did. So he's been with us through this whole journey through the through the ups and downs. And uh, like Sam said, we couldn't we would not be here without the relationship that we built with that private lender. You're listening to the Ordinary Guys Extraordinary Wealth Podcast, hosted by us, Sam Prim and Lucas Walls, investors, entrepreneurs and best friends. Two millennial Midwesterners who started a real estate side hustle and now own $40 million in rentals without using any of our own money. Now we're two average guys teaching other people how to use real estate investing to create financial freedom and generational wealth. If you're ready to learn how to take control of your future using real estate investments the simple way and have fun while doing it, you're in the right place. Let's start today's show. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, the very first, not the very first time, one of the times we went and talked to him, I remember we were drinking, we went out to his house and we were drinking um, Amberbach, warm Amberbach on like a Sunday afternoon when I did not feel like drinking Amberbach, but I did. And you guys were, and I remember him saying, yeah, I'll do like a hundred thousand dollar loan with you guys, you know, to, let's look at the property, but I'll be willing to give you up to a hundred, hundred thousand dollars to buy and fix up a property. And a few months later, that's exactly what we did. So just kind of reminiscing a little bit, Walls. So that was before your, uh, what was your, like you transitioned away from beer, like a little bit after college and you went to, what was it? Uh, gin and tonics. Gin and tonics. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I'd take a warm Amberbach over gin and tonic. Yeah. I heard like, um, like, Gin and tonics is like the number one drink of like sociopaths or something like that because yeah. it's just so gross. I, I did it. I did it for like two years and then I got into the. Aren't Cheetos. you kind of like slightly allergic to beer? I I'm not. I so I'm not allergic. I just have a sensitivity to malt and barley. So every time Sam would drink a beer, his like face would get all red. He's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's not what happened. <laughs> it got red probably because I drank about twenty of them. Anyways, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about private lenders. So. We're going to introduce the concept to people that don't know who they are, but just know that develop, developing a relationship with a private lender will open up so many doors for you. You know, you should always be looking for one and always be looking for more, but private lenders change the game for us and they will for you if you don't already have one. Cool. So you want to talk about who who is a private lender? Yeah. So private lenders, so private lenders, so let's kind of talk about why you need private lenders. So you need private lenders because you need, if you're going to invest in, at any scale, like we do, you need somebody that's going to, unless you're 
rich already, which most of us aren't, you need somebody that's going to give you money to buy a distressed property. And you need somebody that's going to give you money to fix up that property. If you don't have your own money, then, you know, banks don't like to lend on properties that are distressed and construction dispersing and lending the rehab funds are a pain in the butt, especially for new investors. So you need some type of funding source to buy the distressed property and fix it up so you can put quote unquote cash offers on property so you can get them. And then after you fix them up, you can refinance them or sell them. But you need that official uh, initial funding source to make it all happen. If you don't have that, your offers are going to be weak or you're not going to be able to even put them up. Yeah. Maybe if you, you know, your entire goal over the next 20 years is to have 10 rental properties, Maybe you wouldn't need a private lender then, but if you're looking to build a substantial portfolio uh, in a relatively short amount of time, you know, the next five or 10 years, get up to 20, 30, 50 rentals, 100 rentals, who knows, uh, private lenders will be your best friend and help you scale quickly to get there because capital will not be the limiting factor in you building your rental portfolio. I like it. You're at like a five. I need you like a seven and a half out of 10, not an eight or a nine, like a seven and a half. Are you talking about volume? or intensity both okay can you do that it's uh, like 20 more percent so what percent are you at <laughs> or like eight eight and a half i would disagree what do you okay. think i'm at four four what are you all right anyways <laughs> we're gonna keep score like we did last time i just remember last episodes we yelled at each other the whole time and i was entertained listening to yeah, it. yeah we're, we're gonna get there man we're just in the intro <laughs> <laughs> we're past the intro now oh, anyways yeah. no you're good um so private lenders so hopefully just stressing the point that getting a good private lender will help you with that initial purchase. They'll help you grow. They'll help you scale, like you said. And not to get too in the weeds, we use private lenders for a 42-pack of houses we bought. Use private lenders for a $5 million apartment complex we buy. So we're able to buy $40 million worth of real estate without using a dime of our own money, primarily with private lenders. Yes, we use hard money lenders. Yes, we use bank funds. We also are going to flip 300 houses this year wholesaling a lot of them, which we're going to talk about actually next episode. However, um, having private lenders help us fund purchases and flips as well. So we're able to do a lot of volume of real estate, long-term and short-term majority because of private lenders. So whether you're looking to do a little or a lot, they're going to make your life a lot easier. Yeah. Private lenders are just another, uh, are a, a source of other people's money. You talk about other people's money all the time. OPM, right? OPP. And OP. There you go. But, um, Within other people's money, OPM, there's there's private lenders, banks, and hard money, but our favorite is, is private lenders, and we're going to get into some reasons why. Uh, you also hit on um, like the different uh, types of um, f funding that private lenders can provide. Uh, I call it the short-term versus the long-term, right? When you're executing the, the BRRRR strategy, that is more the short-term. Uh, the private lender lends you the, the purchase money, the rehab money, and then you go out Fix, buy it, fix it up, get a renter in there or sell it and then pay or refinance that or refinance. Sorry about that. And then re and then pay the private lender back. Um, that That's what I'm considering short term. That can happen between, you know, two and 12 months. Right. Um, but there's a long term investment strategy that Sam talked about with the 42 pack. And we utilize private lenders for to 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 raise our down payment money and some capital improvements for our um, apartment complexes and storage facilities and packages of single family houses and that time frame for us um, to be able to raise the value and be able to sell it and refinance and pay them off with interest usually is more along that two years to five years time frame yeah exactly and, and we're going to do a little bit of pros and cons but that's a good lead in that yeah that's a huge pro of private lenders is the flexibility you get with them compared to 
especially banks, but also hard money lenders. Private money lenders are a lot more flexible when we get into our that was Rose a burp. Sorry about that. When we get into our deal of the week, deal we're going to talk about our flexibility with a private yeah. lender. Awesome. So, who are private lenders, Lucas? Do you want to yeah. start that one off? And I then will. I'll... I will. So, private lenders are, um, you know, really one one of two people, and these these are people that are either individuals or a husband and wife combo. So usually. they're not like a rich dad, like everybody says on social media that you had a rich dad, so that's how you did this. I mean, they could. I be mean, a but rich they're dad. usually not. Like yeah. a ninety nine percent of the time, it's usually. Maybe not that. I would say 90% of the time, it's somebody you're not related to. Yes, that is probably accurate. Even though we, we utilize some of our family members for, um, you know, s- smaller chunks of money here and there just to get them involved. And for Give them your to mom have, a shout out. Yeah, shout out to, to Colleen. She yeah. lent us money before. Yeah, she has she baked you any cakes, though? No, but she did introduce biscuits and gravy to me. I was too afraid Ooh. to eat them. I don't know why, or my parents had never made. I just didn't like the. I don't know. I just didn't like the idea of it. So you're and not afraid I, to buy forty million dollars worth of real estate, but you're too afraid to play the biscuits. No, and gravy. not anymore. I love biscuits and gravy, but you're talking about your mom cooking for me when we were in middle school or high school. I remember staying over at your house and got up the next morning. I was starving, and they cooked biscuits and gravy. I was like, all right, I'll eat it, and I was like, holy crap, this is good. And they had. A, I dropped my one year old off at school. And right during breakfast time, and they had a plate of B and G's in front of them, the size of a plate that I would eat, and I was so jealous. And he just looked up at me and goes, "Bye bye." So he was pumped for them B and G's. Nobody calls them B and G's. Oh yeah, you call them B and E's, bacon and eggs. All right, B and G's. So bacon and gravy, biscuits. I know, but nobody. Anyway, you and you're making up words. I've known you for like 25 years, and you all of a sudden you decide to make up all these words. Feel estate, creative juices flowing. B and E, B and E is breaking and entering. That's from. Right. Anyways, get so, back on topic. Get Lucas. back on topic here. So, um, private lenders, you know, they're they're individuals, husband wife types. Um, whether in your family or without your family, usually maybe probably in your close, not close circle, but somewhat of your circle, your network. You've known them in the past more than likely and developed uh, that trust and relationship outside of real estate and investing before you approach them with this. And it's individuals who are looking to maybe diversify some of their investments uh, to get a solid, safe return in real estate instead of, uh, you know, the volatility of the stock market, especially what it's done this year or, and, um, and, or, (laughs) um, individuals who uh, are interested in investing in real estate and like real estate, but just don't want to go through all the hard work it takes to find the deal, rehab the deal, all that. They just want a a little piece of it while while they can say they're investing in real estate. Yeah. I think the other day when somebody asked you the question, I don't remember if it was where it was, but I think it was you worded it really well. They're just working professionals that are usually like, so the avatar, of course, they come in any walk of life. I'm burping a lot. Hopefully the mic didn't catch that. It's probably the Celsius. It probably is. It's bubbly. It's bubbly. Yeah, we're doing a whole, do a lot of personal stuff in this episode. But yeah, the daughter's getting up twice a night now all of a sudden, going from none a night to once a night to twice a night. So we're we're going backwards, but we'll get there. She's four month old, a little sleep regression. But anyways, you worded it really well. They're just working professionals that usually have worked long enough that they have some money in the stock market in a 401k or IRA, and they just have some extra discretionary funds, or they're willing to diversify some of their other investments into you because of your relationship with them and because of the deal. So it's not a rich uncle or aunt. I mean, it can be, and it is, and a rich parent, but usually it's not. It's just somebody you know, or somebody in your circle 
uh, or somebody, usually it's somebody in your circle, somebody in their circle. It's usually like once or twice removed, but it's just somebody that has a little bit of extra money that's usually in their 40s or 50s that is a professional that's working that wants to diversify. Most of them don't really care about real estate. Some of them do, but they're everywhere. There's no one there's no one private money lender. I was the last three or four students that I've talked to Lucas The one of them was a real estate agent that they were working with that, you know, they're like, I'm trying to get deals from them. And they said they had an extra like 75 grand for me to, you know, rehab houses with another one was an insurance agent. And another one was like a bookkeeper, not like a CPA, even that like probably does really well, just like a, a bookkeeper type that does all right. So they come in any walks of lives and they're usually your relationship or somebody, you know, introduces you to them and, they trust you and real estate and they trust the deal that's backed by real estate. So it's a, it's, they're out there. They're just, you know, people get discouraged when they don't find them right away, but they're out there. Yeah. So we kind of know what we're looking for now. We know the avatar. Um, so, so what's the best way to find these or maybe even when you find them approach these type of individuals, you think? Yeah. It's a two part question. I'll, I'll start with, uh, um, how to find them. And then, um, you kind of give your little flavoring in there and then we can talk about what to say. Cause it's kind of important. I think once you get their ears to kind of at least say a few things, there's a lot of different strategies you can do to pitch them, but you got to probably say at least a few things. So spoiler there, or I guess that's more foreshadowing than spoiling. So just burped again. I, I, I got to stop doing this. All right, here we go. Put it uh, down. <laughs> All right, I'm putting it down. All right, put it down. All right, then you move the mic closer to your... I feel like it's really close. Maybe I just can't tell from this angle. Yeah. I feel like it's really far away. It's All right. never been this close. <laughs> All right, here we go. So how um, how do you find private lenders? Again, this is something that it's going to take you probably a while. I would say most people probably takes them two to four months to find a private lender. And unfortunately, a lot of people give up if they don't get that immediate gratification. They go through their phone one time and text five people that they think have money and they all say no because you're randomly texting them for money. And then they give up. They don't think they can find a private lender. So it's usually... Um, you know, somebody, you know, or somebody, you know, you know, whoever they know. So like, you know, whether it's like your parents, boss or your grandparents, neighbor or something like that. And you find them by just talking about real estate. I think, uh, you know, Cam, who used to work for us now, who's one of the coaches, of the faster freedom, he said he finds pretty much unlimited private lenders because everywhere he goes, whether it's a family function, whether it's church, whether it's out to, you know, the bar with some buddies, whether he's golfing, whoever it is, he's just talking about real estate and how much he loves real estate and how well he's doing and how many houses he's flipped and how many houses he's wholesaled and how many rehabs he has and how many rentals. And he just talks about real estate nonstop. And then it just comes up. It really does come up. People that have extra money or, Hey, you know, are you looking for somebody to fund your deals or, Hey, I'd always, I'm always open to new funding sources. So just talking about it as simple as that sounds and as non, you know, checking the box is not whatever the word I'm trying to say is non like actionable as that is. It's really the best way to do it. Just talk about it in person with people on social media that you're getting into real estate. I don't think you can technically solicit um, investors unless you're doing the credited route, but yeah, just talking about it as simple as that sounds huge. Yeah. Kind of hits that one point of the avatar of the private lender, like people see your excitement and then they get excited about it. And, uh, they figure out how they can make money in the deal. And I think that's super cool because it's always a win-win for our private lenders and us when we um, execute this strategy. It's super cool. Like they make money, we get the asset that we want uh, with equity and uh, everybody walks away happy and we go do it again. So I think that's super cool. So I think that's a that's a great way to find them. Um, so when you, when you do maybe 
start to realize that a certain individual um, that you've been talking to for a while and talked about real estate maybe is a good fit for a private lender? You know, how do you how do you start that conversation? What would you do there? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways to go about this. I think it depends on your level of experience with real estate and their level of experience with real estate. But usually it's just something along the lines of, you know, I want to use your money to buy, uh, you know, a real estate asset. I'm going to buy it. I'll give you like a little sales pitch, going to buy it distressed, buying it below market value. You know, I'm going to increase the value by, you know, strategically fixing it up. And then I'm going to be, you know, all in or way less, 20, 30% less than what it's worth. So it's a secure position for your money. You're, you know, funding the deal. Hopefully you get them to fund the entire thing, but they're not funding hundred percent of the value. They're funding, you know, hundred percent of your costs, which you're doing it at a discount. So the fact that your their money is utilized at a discounted property, helps protect them. You can go as far as personally guaranteeing it. You know, we've dabbled in that before, you know, personally guaranteeing the return. We borrowed over $50 million worth of private money over the years and a hundred percent repayment, always repay. We've lost money on deals, but our private lenders have gotten paid because we care about their relationship. So you can personally guarantee it. They can be listed as an additional um, insurance on the insurance certificate in case the building burns down. And they could even be, you know, listed on the deed as, as partial owner or have a lien on it. So they can be extremely protected in their investment way more than you'll get any of that in the stock markets, in crypto, or you don't get any of those type of securities and assurances that you're going to get paid in any other type of investing. And we'll talk about the returns, the returns are usually double digits for the investors. So it's a, it's a, I used to think they were doing us a favor. Now it's almost like, well, it's a win-win for both of us, but we're doing you a favor by giving you, you know, 12, 14% return on your money. That's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that. Can I have another drink real quick. Uh, if you stop burping. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I like to approach it with just, uh, maybe a couple open-ended questions, you know, and, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, investing in real estate? You know, we have an avenue for that. That's super easy. And then just get like a one minute to two minute pitch about what you plan to do with their money and what their return is going to be, and then see if they want to take it further. And if they want to take it further than that, I try to schedule a more formal sit down and kind of have some of the points that Sam had uh, just talked about up on like a PowerPoint or something and maybe have a couple examples or if you haven't, this is your first one, maybe a couple examples that um, some of your peers have done in the past. And uh, so that that's kind of how I would approach it. Get get the general feel form right off the jump in a in-person conversation or possibly a phone call, but really to, to hook them and get them to give you that money, you, you need a formal sit down in my point of view. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I love it. I'm going to piggyback off that, but also go back a couple of steps. So my answer to your question was not at all how you were going to take that question. I like went to like, the, here's the sales picture. Like, no, what do you say to them the first time you meet them? All good. It's all good. That's why we have two perspectives in yes. this show, Lucas. Um, So I agree. I think you need to be as professional as possible. So we have borrowed money from our parents. Um several years after we started investing. However, whether it's your parent, your grandparents, your friends, somebody you've never met, you need to treat the conversations and meetings extremely business-like. You know, we meet at bars all the time or for dinner or whatever with our lenders, but we always have a agenda. 
you know, and we have fun with that. Our agendas usually will say the, you know, who are meeting with Steve, you know, Steve's private lender meeting. We have the date. We give him the agenda. It's just a sheet of paper we make on, you know, Word. And it's usually like introductions, celebratory drink, you know, whatever. Like we give out checks, give out checks. Like one of the bullets is have a drink or, you know, cheers. So we have fun with it. But then it is go over current deals, future deals, market thoughts. So we have an agenda. So treating it professionally, no matter who you're meeting, I think is important. And then having a PowerPoint, we usually will have an agenda sheet, a PowerPoint printed out, and then some type of like supplemental document to send yep. them with. So I think you can, you can't be too prepared for that meeting. So the, you're just going to impress this person. If they're your parent or somebody, you know, or a family friend, and they're like, you know, is he going to, or is she going to take this serious? If you show up with like a binder and like a little business plan and an agenda, I did it again. And some example deals, they're going to be much more likely to say, well, he or she is treating this super seriously. Let's do it. Cause yeah. you're going to run into people with a lot of money that just need to know you're going to take it serious eventually. Yeah. And I think we talked about the two different types of short-term versus the long-term. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a lot easier to pitch that short-term deal. You put your money in for a few months, you know, four five, six months and, and get it right back uh, with, with a return. Um, and we like to, I'm not saying you have to do this, but we like to do that a few times. And then we kind of start talking about the conversation of, of the longer term investments and see what their appetite is for that. Awesome. Well, let's talk about some like just general pros and cons of private lenders. And I think we can kind of talk a little bit about some other, you know, short money, you know, short term money funding sources to kind of emphasize the pros and the cons and, you know, let people know a little bit more about some other money sources that they don't know about. So nice. what's your favorite pro for doing? Yeah, with I'll start with lenders? one pro, then I'll, then I'll kick it over to you. I'll catch it. All right, cool. Well, um, I, and hopefully this is only one, but there, there's so many reasons why I like private lenders and there's not a whole lot of cons, foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But uh, my, one of my favorite is uh, flexibility on terms. Uh, say you go to a bank um, not too flexible. Like you know, me. Not flexible. Not flexible. Can't really uh, touch your toes very well. I, I can't unless I bend my knees at a very, you know, is it slight angle or big angle? Uh, that would be an obtuse angle, I think. I don't think that's right. <laughs> You're an engineer. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, um, yes, flexible. So flexi- flexibility on terms. So, um, you can structure the terms how however you want and however it makes sense to you and your private lender. Um, uh, we we do eight percent with our private lender annually, um, but you know to get a deal at a at a great you know that we know is an awesome deal and maybe some some private lenders are hesitant. We can go up to ten. We can go up to twelve percent. Um, and the best part of flexibility in my eyes is that we structure it so we don't have to make monthly interest payments. And like you do with a bank, like you do with a hard money lender, we pay it all on the back end, either on the sale or refinance. So um, we, we get keep to keep that cash in hand until we execute that sale or refinance. So flexibility on terms, pro number one. Pro number two? Yeah, no, flexibility on terms is huge. And we're going to talk a little about that in the deal ode the week. But flexibility is huge. I think just the ease of use. When you develop a relationship with a private lender, most of the time they're not going to want to walk the property. They're not going to want to, you know, do disbursements. They're not going to have you do monthly payments. They're so freaking easy. If we're going to buy a 
a house for 175 grand and it needs $50,000 worth of rehabs, the private lender is just going to write us a check for 225 grand and we're done. We bought that, we buy the house with it and we take money out of the account as we rehab and pay contractors. You know, hard money lenders, for example, which I'm sure we'll do a uh, episode on them coming up because they're incredible to use as well, but they are going to have to, you know, underwrite the property. They're going to want your credit score. They're going to check your bank income statements. They're going to you know, look at the property with you. If they give you money for the rehab, it's going to be construction disbursements after the, the stuff's already been done and they're going to want lean wear. All this stuff that's can can be a pain. So just the ease of use for me having a private lender that you develop relationship, they just allow us to confidently put offers on properties that, you know, we maybe wouldn't be as confident with, you know, an unknown funding source. Yeah, I had like four pros written down and we just like combined them all <laughs> into into two there. But uh, I just want to hit on another part that you said. Uh, uh, you definitely said this, but man, I, this part's so powerful that um, the funding of both the purchase and rehab all with just one check. And that I would consider that ease of use for sure. But, you know, $100,000 purchase, hundred say $20,000 rehab. So all in for 120 grand, the private lender would write you a check for 120000 You go buy it and you go rehab it. However you want to rehab it, however you want to spend that money, hopefully, obviously, you're spending it on the right thing, rehabbing the property. But um, just having that control over those rehab funds and what to do with that money and with the private lender not breathing down your neck like maybe a hard money lender would or even a bank, uh, I think is super powerful. You like I have my shoes on still? Thank you. Are those not the small ones? Those is that why you have them all? Those aren't the small ones. No, we're good. good. See? Good. Same There's brand. Same brand. Yep. Just the same size or same writing on the bottom. Same 12 and a half, but one was way smaller. That's so weird. Were they from like a different country or something? I don't something? think so. Or, no, yeah. they're, I mean, they're new balances. They're like 80 bucks a pop. You don't need to go like to China to get like discounted new balances, I don't think. Okay. Maybe some people do. Yeah. Um. So before we get into the cons, because there's probably just a few of yeah, them. A couple small ones. A couple small ones. Um. I want to talk about that eight to 12 ish percent, which is what I tell people most private lenders will get or, you know, the going rate for them. That scares a lot of people away. One, because they maybe don't understand it's annualized. So if I'm doing a 12% loan with a private lender on a hundred thousand dollars, all right. And I have it for six months, it's $6,000. It's not $12,000. Does that make sense? Because it's annualized. It's how long the loan is out. So yeah. if you have the loan out for two or three months, they don't get 12% return on that money. They get 12% annualized. So it's it's not as scary as it sounds if you understand the annualization part yeah. of lending. And then also, it's just the cost of doing business. Uh, private money lenders cheaper usually than a hard money lender. And it's better than using your own funds if you have them, if you want to leverage at any level. And most likely you're not going to do the deal unless you have the private lender. So who gives a crap if it's 8%, 12%, 15%, if you're still getting a rental property without any of your own money, or you're still making 40 grand on a flip, who cares how much the money costs? Just take it as part of your deal. So your money was more expensive on your first couple of deals, 15%. So you made 38 grand rather than 42 grand that you yep. would have made with a cheaper money source. Who cares? It's all about just getting the process started. Cool couple small cons and we had to really dig for these because we, we just love using private lenders so much. Uh, these are pretty, pretty petty in my eyes. So uh, I'll, I'll name these two. And if you have any more to add, great. If not, we'll move on. But uh, paperwork. Um, so with private lenders, all the, the paperwork is on you, that deed of trust, uh, the promissory note, the, the, the insurance, where whereas uh, a, a bank or a hard money lender, that promissory note, that deed of trust is already prepared. All you got to do is sign it. So you got to kind of uh, develop or uh, compile that that paperwork, create and compile it and get signatures and stuff like that. Not the end of the world, but a little extra work. And then, um, gosh, this is a tough one, but like Sam said, eight to, eight to 
eight to twelve percent interest rate for private lenders on um, for the bank side of things, uh, you could probably get something at like six percent, seven percent, so slightly higher. But to get that interest rate, you're probably going to have to put money down anyway. So um, it's not really a con. <laughs> yeah, banks are going to make you put money down. Then also, I get asked a lot, why don't you just skip the private lender and go to the bank? Because you know, when I talk about the the method and everything, well, it's because banks especially for brand new investors, they're not going to lend money on distressed properties. They only lend money, especially at first with people on properties that you live in or properties that are fixed up that you have rented. Like obviously they're different loans, your residential versus your commercial, but they're not going to lend money on a house that's worth 200 grand that you can buy for 80 and needs 50 grand with the work. They don't want anything to do with that loan for brand new investors. Even experienced investors, they will not lend hundred percent of purchase and rehab. So it's just not an option for most people. And if it is an option for you, your experience, and you're going to have to come out of pocket a little bit. Yep. So there's no other way. Banks won't let you do 100% financing on a distressed property for the purchase and rehab. I've never heard of one, and I don't think they would. Maybe they did back in the day, but they don't anymore. Okay, cool. You good with that? Good with it. All right, so let's talk about the deal owed to week before you get onto your rant, which I heard is just nasty today. Ugh. Your rant is just Watch yourself. nasty. Um, so I want to talk about it. We've talked about our first deal before, but I want to talk about it from the lens of a private lender. So we met Steve, wanted to full circle this, is what as we call it in the industry. Just made that up. Um, so we were drinking Amberbach on his porch, warm, gross, Sunday afternoon. Said he gave us $100,000 total. So we went and bought a property. The numbers aren't really that important, but we bought it for around $75,000 and we put around $24,000, $25,000 of his money in the deal. So we had, I think, slightly less than $100,000 in the deal. And then it appraised for $125,000. So the bank wrote us a check for exactly $100,000. Technically, with Steve's interest, gained on the property. We owed him like $103,000, but we only gave him $100,000. So he made a little bit of money. He didn't lose money. We gave him, you know, his money back plus a little bit, but we owed him three more thousands of dollars. And it was our first deal, but we had a good relationship with him. We knew him. We, you know, he got confidence in what we were doing and how we were doing it. He understood the numbers and he let us rather than writing, which we could have, we didn't have a ton of money at the time, but we could have written, <laughs> we, we couldn't have, we couldn't have done it very many times, but we could have written $1,500 checks each. You so three grand, we could have made him whole. <laughs> we could have made, I would have, we could have made him whole on the $3,000, but he let us roll that into the next deal. And we did, the next deal was a home run. We had more than enough money to pay him back. We actually pocketed some. So I think it, you'll let your, you know, shed your light on it, but it just shows the power of that flexibility and of the relationship based lending. Yeah. And it shows the power of, you know, doing business with the right people too, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of private lenders out there that want to diversify and want to get involved in real estate. You don't have to do business with, uh, with the assholes of the world, you know, only do business with people that you trust and, and like doing business with. Yes. I like it. Do business with people you like and that wear shoes. All right. What is, what is your rant walls it's, before we get on to the, uh, my rant and then the, the, the call to action. Mine's pretty simple. It's actually on shoes again. And it's about, about these Jordans. Okay. Right? Um, so, um, when I was a kid, like not like, good for the radio audience talking about Jordans, they can't see, but that's okay. Correct. So I'm wearing a pair. Well, I'll get there. It's fine. It's I'll I'm kidding. There. Let me paint the picture, bro. All right, go. All right. Um, Anyway, uh, so uh, back in the day, I was a punk, you know, teenager, and I would like beg my mom to buy buy me a pair of Jordans, and I would play basketball in them because I thought if I wore Jordans, I would be like 
play like Michael Jordan, like best basketball player ever. Good marketing. So, Second anyway, best. mom's awesome. She ended up buying me a, a pair or two of Jordans when I was a kid. Super expensive. I don't, I'm, I'm such an idiot for like caring about that as a kid. Right. So anyway, like last pair of Jordans I ever got was like 15 years old. Okay. And I, I never really thought about them again. Um, you know, cause I was, you know, 22 to, to now just, just working on practicality and, and surviving for a lot of it. Right. And, um, you know, as we started to make a little more money and stuff, I was like, you know what, I'm going to celebrate and buy, buy a pair of Jordans. Um, so right now I'm wearing, um, 1991 released, uh, Jordan sixes. Okay. But the rant is on how challenging it is to get Jordans these days. You know, back in the day, you just go to champs or finish line and buy them off the shelf. But uh, these you have to like put into a draw for it. You got to win the draw and then you got like, you know, 24 hours to redeem it. It's it's very challenging. I couldn't even do it. I had to have my friend do it for me. So I wish you could just go buy Jordans the easy way. That's a little frustrating. I could see that because, yeah, your style went from like, you know, like, yeah, you had some style to like as soon as like. I it was your own money shit. to buy your own <laughs> shit. Your style went to like not really yeah, very stylish. I agree. Um, and now you're you're working your working way back. My way towards back it. Yeah, yeah, I got new balances hey, on. So growth. Growth. It's all about growth. You're like, as soon as I gotta pay for it. Yeah, um, no thanks. No thanks. But while you're paying a lot of mom shout outs in this episode. Yeah. That, that's the way it is. That's um, the way it is. It's yeah, story of our life. Story of our lives. No, I like it. That that's that is a good one. I I think I painted you the outline for this episode. And you're like, what should I rant about? You look down like, I'll just rant about these shoes. I get it. I like it. Well, good. Yeah, no. My rant is just similar. I talked about a little bit earlier. Um, next episode, I got a little bit more nasty of a rant. But um, just it frustrates me with students and with potential students and not potential students. They say, I don't know a private lender. I don't know anybody that would lend me money. And it's because they think in their head that they don't or they go through their phone, like I said, and text five people. Everybody listening knows somebody that knows somebody maybe that knows somebody, you might have to go out a couple of different levels that will be willing to invest. Everybody does. Whether it takes you two two months or two years to find a private lender, always be looking because the minute you find one, your investing career and your life will change. So just not really rant, just don't give up. You know, you may not think you can find a private lender. You can, You if you don't have one yet, you can wholesale, use hard money. There's other options, but you all know a private lender. ABL, always be looking. Always be looking. Another made up thing from Walls. All right, so... One relationship can change your life. This relationship that Luke's and I developed with Steve, you know, we would have figured it out without him, but it would have been slower. We would not be where we are with that one relationship. So I think just knowing the importance of a private lender and all the things we talked about and always be looking for them will, um, ABL will always, uh, you know, definitely can change the trajectory of your life just with one conversation. So yeah, and we're hoping to change the directory trajectory of, of your guys' lives. And hopefully this inspires you and, you and you go out and find that private lender ASAP and do your first deal or second deal or 10th deal, whatever. Yeah. And if you learned anything from this episode, please, uh, you know, make sure you're subscribed and give us a five-star review. We're coming up with some more giveaways for that, but the more you do it, the better, you know, you'll always be under to win the, the giveaways in the future. We got, I got two guys coming to St. Louis at the end of October, flying them from um, Ohio and from Virginia out nice. here to, to be out for the, uh, they won the, the last giveaway. So five-star review, you don't have to do it, but it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Yes. Get it? All right. Awesome. See you on the next one. See you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got some major value from our conversation. If you love what you learn, make sure you like, rate, review the show, and help us spread the word by telling a friend. 
If you'd like to learn more about working with me inside one of my programs, we'll have those links in the show notes along with all our social media handles so you connect with us there for free. If there's a real estate question you'd like us to answer, feel free to send us a message and we'll cover it in an upcoming show. 